Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be going through my top 30 wide receiver rankings for week two of the NFL season. If you guys are watching this and you enjoy the content, all I ask is that you leave a like and subscribe to the channel and then let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. I respond to every single comment. It could be a start sit question, trade advice, maybe a waiver wire pickup question, anything to do with fantasy. I will respond to you as soon as I can, but let's just get right into the video. Starting off here at number 30, I have DJ Chark, and this was honestly a really tough call for this number 30 spot. There were a ton of different players I could go with. I actually had to choose between these kind of big three on the Jaguars. You had Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Chenault. All those three guys were very involved week one. There were other options like Devonta Smith, maybe even a guy like Corey Davis. I'm probably even forgetting some players, maybe Juju. Basically what I'm saying is that there are a lot of different options that could have gone here and they're still close together in my overall rankings, but only one guy could make that last spot. And I ended up going with DJ Chark because he had a solid week one, three for 86 with a touchdown. But the most encouraging part for me was his 12 targets. That is an insane amount of targets and you could kind of view that two different ways. The first way is that Trevor Lawrence really likes going to him. He targeted him a ton. He just kind of got unlucky with that final result. Or the other way is that him and Trevor are not really on the same page. Only three receptions on 12 targets. Doesn't seem great. I think the truth probably lies somewhere in between. The team also threw the ball a ton. So that is definitely a factor. This is a tougher matchup this week against the Denver Broncos. But I also just think the Jaguars are going to be trailing in every game. And so while it may not be a pretty offense in terms of real life NFL, for fantasy, they're going to need to throw the ball a lot. And that is going to lead to production at the wide receiver position, and that is going to help DJ Chark. After Chark, I have Chase Claypool here. Steelers had a rough week one, but honestly, what I like to see is that they were playing really bad on offense, but Big Ben still managed to produce for all three of these wide receivers. Obviously, these were not big games. Deontay had like five for 35 and a touchdown. That touchdown really saved him. Claypool had like three receptions, a nice run. Juju, I believe, had five catches. So, you know, these aren't insane stat lines, but in a very, very bad overall performance from the offense, they weren't losing you your weeks. You know what I mean? They weren't putting up zeros. They were still probably around the 10 point mark. And this is going to be a much better matchup this week against the Raiders. I really think this offense is going to open up. Najee's going to look a lot better. These receivers are going to make some plays and it's going to be a coming out party for this offense overall. At 28, I have Brandon Cooks. I've been high on him all off season and I was really encouraged with what I saw from week one four receptions, over 120 receiving yards. And that's in a game with not the best game script for Brandon Cooks. That may be the only game all season that they're leading, you know, going into the fourth quarter by a large margin. I mean, maybe they could do it again against the Jaguars, but I feel like almost every game they're going to be trailing. They're going to have to throw the ball and that is going to continue to help Brandon Cooks. So I like him again this week as like a mid-tier wide receiver three. Then I have Bobby Trees coming in here at 27. And this is tough, but I just can't really justify ranking him any higher after I saw his week one usage. He only ran routes on 68% of the Rams dropbacks. You know, I had always kind of viewed Robert Woods and Cooper Cup as the 1A, 1B. You could say Cup is the A, Woods is the B, Woods is the A, or Cup is the B. You know, it could go either way, but I mean, it just did not look like that on Sunday night. Woods was not as involved in Cup. And, you know, hopefully it was kind of just a game plan thing, maybe just for their specific matchup against the Bears. But we're just going to have to wait and see his usage in week two. And I would rather be cautiously optimistic than kind of get screwed over again, because he did really just save himself with that one touchdown. 
great catch, but still, he doesn't have that. He's putting up a major dud game. I have Mike Williams here at 26, and this is just a huge shocker to me. I will be the first to admit when I'm wrong, and I was so wrong on Mike Williams. I thought he was a terrible pick at his ADP, which was much, much lower than where I'm ranking him here at wide receiver 26. You know, in my mind, I'm like, he's been in the NFL for like four years. He has the same finish every single season. Like, what is the big deal that's going to make him jump up in production this year? He got to play with Justin Herbert last year. Like, what's the thing that's going to come in and automatically boom his production? You know, there was a quote that was going around where someone on the Chargers organization was talking about how they were going to use him in that Mike Thomas role. But honestly, I kind of just ruled that as coach speak. You know, they're going to try to hype their players up. No one's going to come out and be like, oh yeah, Mike Williams just going to be the deep threat who gets like four targets a game. They're not going to say that. But I mean, they were pretty right when they were talking about using him like Michael Thomas, targeted 12 times, eight receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. He also dropped another touchdown pass. So this could have been a monster, monster game. And this is a great, great matchup against the Cowboys. I'm going to be so high on all these Chargers weapons. I really think they're just going to run through this Cowboys team. I'm recording this on Wednesday. So we just found out that Demarcus Lawrence is going to be out for that game probably the Cowboys best overall defender. So this is a great, great matchup. And we'll just see if Mike Williams is able to replicate that week one performance. And what seems kind of crazy here is Julio Jones is ranked one spot after Mike Williams. I had someone leave a comment asking me a start sit question between Julio Jones and Mike Williams. And you know, if you asked me that a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, that would seem absurd, but it's really not crazy anymore. And you really could go either way. For Julio, I kind of mentioned this in the running backs video with Derrick Henry. I feel like you just have to scrap that week one game. It was just kind of one of those situations where it goes bad from the start. Everything just snowballs. And then you're sitting there and your team's getting rocked and you have poor, poor stats and you just kind of don't know what happened. And so I just kind of want to see this team regroup, come out fresh Sunday, and then Julio should have a very solid game. If he's not super involved, then I would definitely have to consider him moving him even farther down for future weeks. I have Debo Samuel after Julio here at 24, and he had a monster week one. And you know, until we see otherwise, he is going to be operating as the wide receiver one here for the 49ers. It seems like Brandon Ayuk is just totally in the doghouse. And going into this game, I mean, Debo Samuel's usage as a wide receiver was so strange. His average depth of target was like that of a running backs. Like he was literally getting targeted on like two yard routes. He was only used on screens and slants. It was really strange how they were using him, but I mean, they just totally let him loose on Sunday and he balled out almost 200 receiving yards. And if he can put together another solid week, he'll probably move up from this wide receiver 24 slot. Deontay Johnson comes in next. And I really just think he is the wide receiver one on the Steelers team. He's gonna have the most volume kind of coupled with touchdown upside. So that's why he's here at 23. I have DJ Moore at 22. And I'm not concerned about DJ Moore. I'm just a little less kind of ecstatic about him because I thought he was going to have a decent ceiling here with Sam Darnold. It just doesn't look like that's the case. You know, when I was looking at Sam Darnold, I was kind of thinking worst case scenario, he's like Teddy Bridgewater. Best case scenario, he puts it all together and really starts to ball out. And it's kind of a gunslinger. It looks like he's just going to play like Teddy, which isn't bad. You know, DJ Moore, if you have him as your wide receiver too, a very safe option there as a low end guy for me this week. Then I have back-to-back Bengals wide receivers, T. Higgins at 21 and Jamar Chase at 20. Jamar Chase totally shut me up. I was kind of avoiding him. I just didn't really feel comfortable drafting him over T. Higgins when T. Higgins was already an established, 
you know, very solid NFL wide receiver. Then Jamar Chase just goes out and puts on a show week one. He actually outsnapped T Higgins, which is why I have him one slot ahead. Then here at 19, I have Antonio Brown, Adam Thielen here at 18 after his monster week. I still think he's the wide receiver too, but it looks like those touchdown numbers in 2020 may not have been a fluke. Mike Evans at 17, Chris Godwin here at 16. So I have all these Bucks receivers kind of in a chunk here, and I'm going to talk about all of them because this is a great, great matchup this week against the Falcons. All three of these wide receivers torched them last year. So they obviously played twice because they were a divisional opponent. And so I'm just going to go through their breakdown in both games. Chris Godwin in that two-game sample size, nine receptions, 169 yards, three touchdowns. Mike Evans, nine receptions, 156 yards. And that was with him getting hurt very, very early on in the second game. If you remember, he hyperextended his knee on like an easy touchdown pass. So he went to catch it. He planted his foot and then his leg just stiffened and he dropped the ball. So it would have been a touchdown and he was already having a monster day. So I mean, 156 yards and basically less than five quarters. And then Antonio Brown just destroyed this team. 16 receptions, 231 yards and three touchdowns. So if you have any of these guys, please put them in your lineup. I know Mike Evans did not play well last week. He is going to bounce back. That's just the kind of player he is. But if you're putting him in your lineup and he busts, and then you take him out, you're at a great, great risk at missing out on his monster weeks. And there's a pretty solid possibility one of those weeks is coming up this Sunday. At 15, I have Cooper Cup, and I talked about his teammate, Robert Woods, a little bit earlier. And with Robert Woods kind of taking that step back in usage, that just establishes Cooper Cup as the clear wide receiver one in that offense. And that is going to be an amazing role to have. Then I have Terry McLaurin here at 14. It really just seems like he's cursed. He's got the Allen Robinson stuff going on where he can just not play with a great quarterback. I feel like a lot of his upside is kind of gone and now that Ryan Fitzpatrick is injured. He's still a good wide receiver, but I just don't know if he can really truly break into that like mid-tier wide receiver one range like a lot of people thought he could. Then I have the guy I actually just mentioned, Allen Robinson here at 13. This is a much better matchup here against his Bengals secondary. He was going up against Jalen Ramsey last week with Andy Dalton at quarterback. So there's just no upside in that matchup. He did about as well as he could have. Six receptions for 35 yards. There was just not a lot going on in that passing game. Then I have Tyler Lockett here at 12. Absolutely balled out week one. Looked great. We know he's kind of a boomer bust guy, but this is a very solid matchup for him that I'm going to get into a little bit later than Justin Jefferson here at number 11. You know, he had a pretty standard week one game. It was solid. He was basically an inch away from getting into the end zone. So that really could have boomed his numbers a ton, but still just a locked in wide receiver one. Onto the top 10, I have CD here at number 10 and then Amari Cooper at number eight. I feel like these guys are going to be in this range basically every week. This is a Cowboys team that is going to throw the ball a lot. And with Michael Gallup out, these two are just going to be funneled receptions. I have AJ Brown in between them. Pretty similar, you know, commentary from what I had with Julio Jones. I'm kind of just going to have to scrap that week one performance. AJ Brown honestly still played well, four for 45 and a touchdown. But I mean, we know he can do much better than that. And I think he will do better than that this week. I have Calvin Ridley here at number seven, and I'm not panicking on Calvin Ridley. I just think I'm kind of realizing that he doesn't have that crazy ceiling that a lot of people were projecting for him. You know, I still think he's a mid-tier wide receiver one and probably will live up to where you drafted him, but I did really think there was a possibility that he could finish as the overall wide receiver one. I just don't think this offense is going to be good enough to support him kind of getting there. 
but still a very solid, you know, locked in mid-tier wide receiver one. Keenan Allen I have here at number six. Amazing, amazing matchup against the Cowboys. I talked about it for Mike Williams. They're both going to torch this team. Then DK Metcalf coming in at number five. He's another wide receiver who has a great matchup this week against the Titans secondary. They were absolutely terrible last week when they played the Cardinals. Kyler Murray just shredded through that Titans secondary all week. And DK played solid last week, four receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown. He was also dealing with a minor calf injury, I believe, so he probably wasn't 100%. Going into this matchup Sunday, I truly expect DK Metcalf to feast. Then here at number four, I have Stephon Diggs, just a locked in, you know, high end wide receiver one. Didn't do anything too flashy week one, but in PPR formats, he still produced. I have DeAndre Hopkins at number three. Man, just absolutely balled out week one. This was kind of the jump I was hoping for. With Kyler Murray going into his third season, he's going to be improved. DeAndre Hopkins now has an extra year of chemistry with Kyler. It really looks like they're going to absolutely tear it up this year. And then the locked in top two, Tyreek Hill I have at number two, Devontae Adams at number one. You could make an argument for Tyreek Hill at number one after his performance last week. I just have Devontae here because he is going up against the Lions. I think he's going to destroy that secondary major bounce back game. They're going to get right. Jeffrey Okuda's out for the season, I believe. And that was already a terrible Lions secondary. So I'd expect big things from Devontae this week. All right, so those are my top 30 wide receivers for week two. If you guys enjoyed the content, please just hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and then comment down below. If you want to see more content like this, I have my running back rankings up. And then I'm also going to be posting my QB and tight end week two rankings later today. They may already be up by the time you're watching this. So go check it out on my channel. Thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you next time.